that's a glory sight every Sunday to see the kids up here and participate and talk and love it when Ritz says something. It is just wonderful. And I've really missed seeing the kids since we were gone. And it's just great. If y'all would stand with me, please. Scripture today is from 1 Thessalonians 5, 28. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 28. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your Holy Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you faithful, and he will do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You may be seated. Thank you, man. I'm going to ask Brother David Taylor to lead us in a word of prayer. David? Amen. Thank you, David. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning we want to talk a few moments on a powerful church. A powerful church. I believe all of us here at Bethlehem, we'd love to have a powerful church, right? Amen? A church that's leaned upon God. A church that knows that our spirit comes from God. And a church that knows that we go out to God's house. You've got to realize something. There's not a single person here today that owns this church. You know who owns this church? God does. We're only renting it for a little while, right? But we go out to God's church, and we're with people that we love and people that are around about us. But I believe we all agree, a church is only as powerful as their people, right? A church is only powerful as their people. Now, when I was young... I used to be able to do this. Now with my hands all miscombobulated, I can't do it very well anymore. But Sheila's going to lead us in something, and Kevin knows it too, because he was practicing on the way over here this morning, will not you, Kevin? But there was a little thing you used to do of here's the church, here's the steeple, and here's all the people, right? Sheila's going to show that to everybody. If you know it, go ahead and uh, share that. This That's you all right there, see? Mark Wallace even got it down back there. He did, he did so good. Well, you know, I believe we have a lot of churches in Monroe County. Amen? Amen. We have a low, whole lot of churches all throughout the world. But one of the things that's happened in the past few years, these powerful churches that believed they were powerful and believed they had all the money that they needed, and they had all the building that they needed, and they had everything that they thought they needed to have a powerful church. We've seen how, in the last couple of years, there are some churches that's dying on the vine, aren't they? This are. I talk to a lot of my friends that preach. Praise be to God, we're growing in membership here at Bethlehem, amen? People coming out to church on Sunday morning. But you know, there's a lot of churches that are about half or a fourth of what they used to be before this coronavirus came along. And the reason I wanted Sheila to do, here's the church, here's the steeple. The big thing is, you can have a steeple, right? We got that. 
You can have a church, but a church is nothing without what? Without the people. Without the people. And that allowing God to be a part of that. Now, I've heard some people say before, boy, that's a powerful church. That church has whatever they need and they're doing whatever they need and they have all the blessings that God has bestowed upon them. See, I believe some folks gauge being a powerful church and how many that comes out to Sunday morning, right? How many is there? I watched some TV shows there once in a while. Can you imagine going to church with three or 4,000 people? How many people would you know? I wouldn't know any of them. You'd have to get around to everybody, wouldn't you? I believe that when we have a group of people that comes together in one, what? In one accord, believing in the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we can do mighty things with just a few people, right? People willing to work and grow in that image of God. Now, you see, a church is more than what's in the bank account, right? A church is more than just what property you own. A church is more than just how you have aspects out in the world, how much it's on TV and those type of things. A growing, powerful church is a church that does it God's way. And we listen to God and we pray to God in everything that we do. And we ask for God's guidance and God's love. Every church that has love for Jesus Christ is starting to grow and feel that grace of God. But a lot of times, I, when I used to go to annual conference many years ago, there was a pastor that got up and spoke. And he said, we are pushing God out of our denomination. You know what? Without God, we don't need a, a denomination, do we? We have to allow and say to us, if it's right with God, then it's right for us. And we grow in that image and likeness of God. First of all, we realize that there's some things that we must have to be able to call ourselves a powerful church. A church that's doing it in the image of God. First of all, the people live godly lives. Over in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24, it says, My God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and He will do it. How often the testimony of the church has been compromised and destroyed because the members lived unpure and godly lives. I believe... It's wonderful to be a Christian here at church. Amen? It's wonderful to proclaim and testify and say, I love God, and God loves me, and God has given me more than I deserve. But let me tell you, you not only need to share your testimony where? Here at church. But the Scripture says that you're supposed to go out in the world and live what? Godly lives. That means that everything that you do, everything that you touch, everything that you see, everything that you teach to your children and your friends and your family and people around you needs to be done in God's way, right? In God's way. I've seen a lot of folks that have a great testimony at church, but boy, when they get out in the world, that testimony starts to fail. Amen? It's written on their face. It's written on the words that they say. It's written on their actions. I've heard people say this before, and you have too. I can be just as much a Christian at my house and those folks that go down to that church. 
look the way and, and see the way they behave in their life. Well, I believe that God wants you to be a Christian where? At church. But God also wants you to be a Christian where? At your work. With your family. When you're out in the community. God wants folks to be able to look. That God don't expect you to stand up and quote scripture. And tell them all of these type of things. God don't expect you to get up and preach and do all those things. But God does expect one thing from you as a Christian. You know what that is? God expects you to be an example to others of how they should live their life. And even when things are tough, they still believe in the power of God. I'm so glad we're doing communion this morning and telling our young folks about communion. It is great to know that the power, the power of God is with you all the time. And His presence is there with you all the time. But living godly lives means that you have to say to yourself, you have to say to yourself, I know God wants to be with me. I have to accept Him and allow Him to be with me, to give me what I need and help me to be able to grow in His image. So first of all, the people live godly lives, not only at church, but they live godly lives every place that they are. When Sheila, many years ago, she worked at the old, old dollar store over at Edmonton. And she worked there for a few years until it was time for Heather to come along. And there was a lady that came up to her one time and said, I heard you're a preacher's wife. And Sheila said, well, yes, I am. And Sheila sort of believed it was better to tell people that she was a preacher's wife than a social worker's wife, wife, right? It was a little more safe, you know, all, and people didn't look at you a little different. And Sheila said, yes, I am. And that lady said, I thought there was something different about you. Well, as Christians, people should see something different in you, shouldn't they? They should see you living. And not only speaking it, but what? Living it. And believe that, you know, so often we have a hard time in practicing what we preach. We tell others, don't you do that. But we're out doing what? The same thing. Don't behave that way. But what? We're behaving that way. Christians have to not only be a Christian at one moment, but we have to be a Christian to have a powerful church each and every day. Next, the people pray for their spiritual leaders. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.25, Brothers, pray for us. One particular area in which members of our church and other churches need to grow in is not only praying so often, we can pray some good prayers when we're in need, right? We can pray and say, God, help me with this situation. God, deliver me. And it, it was so good when I'd, Sheila would tell me. I, there was a lot of bad things about being in a hospital. But you know what was so great for a couple months? I didn't have my cell phone. It was so good. I wasn't getting anything from work. Wasn't getting anything. Sheila had to man them both. And she was always over there filling in and stuff. But it was so good. When she would tell me that somebody texted or called or sent something in the mail that said that they were praying for me. It's great to know that, isn't it? It's great to know that you have people that pray for you. And, and so often our prayer life centers around what? What's going on in our life? And when things are bad, we're praying to God every day and saying what? God help me. 
God help my wife. God help my children. Help my grandchildren. Help my family. Help the people that I work with. Help our church. But I believe that God not only wants you to pray when things are bad. God wants you to pray when? When things are good. When things are going great. When you can just say to God, thank you God for all that you've done. And Paul says you need to pray for your leaders. Why is that? Well, in society today, I believe that leaders of the church and people of the church need more prayer in their life than anything, don't they? They need to feel that it's not them by themselves. But you know that there's people praying for you and delivering you in that time of need. Pray. Saved Christians and brothers need to be willing to pray to God and talk to God and ask God for His deliverance in their life and ask God to to help them no matter what they face. No matter what they face, that God is there with them. Over in Romans chapter 15, verses 30 and 31, he asked for prayers of his readers. Now I beseech you, brother, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that they do not believe in Judea, and they my service which I have I have from Jerusalem may accept all the same. Together we are one body in Christ, right? One body in Christ, working together to pray for each other and asking that God to give us what we need in our lives. Next, the people are friendly towards one another. That's a strong church. When we are friendly to one another. You see Sheila going around and shaking everybody's hands. Next time I go to the doctor, I'm going to tell the doctor that I am leaving my secure area and that I'm going back. But it's important to be friendly, isn't it? It's important to know that people care about you. Over in 1 Thessalonians 5, 26, Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. So formation of gossip and envy can destroy a church, can it? Gossip and envy. I've heard some people come up and tell me some stories, and in my mind I'm going, this is way too good to be true. Guess what? If it's too good to be true, then it's not what? It's not true. It's just somebody trying to get back at somebody else. I believe today, and I think you're going to amen me here, there is no place inside of a church for gossip and envy. Amen? There's not. God's church is supposed to be a place of what? Harmony and peace and having the ability to love Christ un what? Conditionally and truly believe that God's people are working together. I've been at certain churches. I've had revivals sometimes. And I go into a church and everybody's, you can see them whispering, who's that? Who's he got with him? And you feel so cold and out of place. And you think to yourself, Lord, should, should I be here? Should I be preaching here at this church? And I'm sure you've been at churches like that before. You just feel like, well, do they want me here? Do they really need me to be a part of this church? Let me tell you what. Here at Bethlehem, we love everybody. Amen? And if we need to love you more, we're going to work on loving you more. And we're not going to allow gossip and envy and strife and all those type of things to become between a relationship. Because God does not want that. Hopefully when you come here to this church, you feel like you're loved. You feel like you've got people around about you. And that's how you grow a strong, mighty church. And you learn how to work with others. And your guidance and the direction 
that God gives you there. We're not only friendly towards people here at church, but we need to be friendly towards people who are out in the world. When we were down in Nashville, I can tell you what, don't worry about your preacher ever moving to Nashville to preach. No way. I saw some big old churches down there while we were down there. But there were so many things that would cause you just to lose your cool. My, my doctor told me to step back from all those type of things and not see any of those type of things. But Sheila and I just drive around town. There'd be people running up to your car, wanting money and wanting to wash your windshields and wanting to get inside and those type of things. And it'd be so easy for me just to roll down my window in the back seat because Sheila had to do all the driving. It would have been easy for me just to yell at him and say, Go on, get away, leave us alone. But I believe God wants you to love the unlovable, right? People that don't have what you have. People that are struggling with different things in your life. And see, it's not up for us to judge who gets to heaven, right? It's up to God. And God working with everyone. So as you go out into the world... Greet people. You probably don't walk up to them and give them a holy kiss, do you? Probably not. But you greet people and let them know about the love of Christ. And let them know about what Christ can do in their hearts and in their lives if they only turn to Him and allow God to be in control. So as a strong church working for God, we must be friendly towards one another. Over in John fifteen twelve, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. It doesn't say love the people that's what? Easy to love. Or love the, the people that are close to you. God, God's word says what? Love one another. Love each other. You say, preacher, I don't know how I can love certain people. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they behaved towards me. You don't know how much they hurt me well boy it's so hard and you can ask forgiveness but you know your mind hangs on to things don't it there for a couple of weeks and it still comes and goes every once in a while i want to say something but it just don't come out just don't make it to where it needs to be and you'll hear me every once in a while when i'm preaching or on the one calls you'll hear it and sheila knows what it is and she started answering some of my questions for me didn't you but you you feel like you need to say something to someone well, I believe this. When you open your mouth, God's going to give you the words, isn't he? God is there. You can't. Can't. There has to be some sort of noise somewhere. But God says, replace some of those things with what? The word of God. Read his word out loud and allow God to be in your heart and in your life. We also have to, the people are appropriate by the grace for their lives. First Thessalonians 5.28 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Today, as we started a few minutes ago, Sheila says I'm more blunt than I used to be. I don't know. Maybe it's whoever had the heart they gave me must have some other uh, things in their life going on too. But today I want you to know we can be a great mighty church. Amen? We can grow as Christians. We can learn how to do it God's way. We can learn how to pray and read our Bibles and be friendly to others and forgive others and do our very best to be like God. But to do that, for our church to be a 
great mighty church. Doesn't matter about the numbers. Doesn't matter what's in the offering. Doesn't matter all those things. What matters is it has to start with us, doesn't it? We have to say to ourselves, I want to be a great mighty Christian. I want to live my life in the way that God wants me to live. And then we take that on from our life. It builds over to what? Our church, our family, people around about us. uh, We are able to show to them how God helps us and gives us what we need. Today, maybe you're saying, preacher, I want to be a great, mighty, strong person. But I've never allowed Jesus Christ to come into my heart and my life. What a lot of people get so confused about. I believe that God can save you anywhere, anytime, right? Because the prayer is not between you and then the preacher and then to God. The preacher's only there to what? Assist you. You're praying to God. And you're asking God to come into your heart and your life. And God already knows what you've done. God knows what needs to change in your life. And all you have to do is say, God, I need your help. I need you to come into my heart and to my life and help me to be the person that I want to be. Today, we invite you to come and feel that peace and glory of God. And whatever else, God wants you to join the church if you need to be baptized, whatever it is. We invite you to come as we have our closing song. Joe and Lord.